Welcome back to the Sioux City Show. My name is Taylor Grody. I'm hosting this thing in the studio with me today. I have Ike Rayford. He is the production manager at KES in Sioux City. He is also the chapter president of the NAACP in Sioux City. And what was the last one that you told me? Diversity diversity trainer trainer for Groundswell Diversity. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. So go ahead, Ike. Tell us about like what your story to get to where you're at right now like where how did you get to Sioux City how did you become the NAACP chapter president all that absolutely uh you know with wearing so many hats it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it can be a long tedious journey here but uh nevertheless I grew up in Dallas Texas uh born and raised uh, went to school uh decided to uh, look for something different just to get away from uh, what we call the hood uh most people would be surprised but I grew up in the hood Bunton Texas so a shout out to <laughs> <laughs> but um nevertheless uh, actually went to University of Texas uh, in Austin and then uh, things didn't work out for me there so I um, journeyed up here to Iowa Orange City Iowa can't believe it but hey, Northwestern Northwestern that's right I like it I like it <laughs> so I uh, I put in a college application to North, or to Austin, and um, I went to the campus visit. I sat there for the campus like introductions, right. you know, when they're going around and everybody introduce yourself. And after they did did the introductions, I was there with my dad and my uncle, and I was like, "All right, let's get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even finish the the whole campus tour. I just had them sign my sheet and I left. Right. Really? Yeah. Right. yeah you, I got you, a few you, days off school for okay, that one. Okay, yeah. so I was gonna say, and, and you would have been the perfect fit for Austin. Yeah, you know? that's what they say. I, I mean. <laughs> I was born in San Antonio and okay. then spent like a fair amount of time in Texas for the Air Force and all that. So right. I love Texas, but yeah, just yeah. had well, to get out of there. Probably won't like it right now, though. <laughs> no, no. It's a, uh, yeah, blizzards, blizzards anywhere are just off the table for me at this exactly. point. Exactly. Next time I move, I'm going somewhere that's never had a blizzard. That's never had a blizzard. <laughs> yeah. And then if you do go where they can handle the blizzard, right? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so going from college where you went to, uh, Orange City, or you went to Northwestern. Northwestern yep. Did you go for uh, just for school, or yes? No, actually went to go play football. I, I was an athlete back in the day. Uh, played football and ran track up there. Uh, was uh, I believe at that time studying uh, pre engineering, uh, and they told me that I would actually have to leave. Uh, after graduating and then go somewhere else to finish out that degree. Uh, however, got married and had some kids, and things didn't work out like I wanted them to work out. So moved to Sioux City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and, and, you know, and that was a, a, a really, what do I say, you know, just a really trying time in my life. Uh, and so moved to Sioux City. Uh, and I always like to tell the story. So I grew up Baptist, uh, decided to try Reformation, but graduated from Briarcliff. So Catholicism was what it was. Uh, <laughs> so I tried them all, but now I'm Baptist again. But <laughs> yeah. n- nevertheless, uh, moved to Sioux City and uh, just decided, hey, you know, I, I grew up being active in the community. My grandmother was the first black female police officer uh, in the, uh, for the city of Dallas. Uh, and that was way back in the 70s. Uh, and just decided to um, just get active in the community and, and, and stay active. Worked for Channel 4, KTIV News uh, for a number of years. Uh, so production, news, uh, all those things were in my blood. Uh, even my high school, you know, we had a communications uh, magnet. Um, and, yeah, just, you know, got busy. And, and, and it's brought me where I am today. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting that you say that, you know, your, great, or your grandma was the first black officer in Dallas because I was just listening to a podcast the other day that blew my mind. It was about the Houston police department and Mm -hmm. how slow like the big Texas cities were to, to integrate in in that respect, like where they had, you know, 25% of their population is Hispanic, but they had zero Hispanic officers on the police force up until the sixties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's still part of the problem though. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. And I, I know that that's with the NAACP, that's what you're doing a lot of work with, especially with after coming from, you know, June of 2020. Right to now, and I know that you have made big steps, and that's kind of what I want to talk about. Is Absolutely. that I, I've really um, admired your work from afar. I, I, I guess would be the way Thank to put you. it, and um, just kind of it seems like the approach that you've taken and the NAACP and Sioux City in general has led to very positive results with positivity after positivity rather yes. than a lot of the negative news stories you're seeing coming out of other cities. Absolutely. Yeah, we uh, we, we pride ourselves on building relationships. Uh, and, and that's what my background is in building relationships. I've been a, a trainer for uh, sales and, and leadership and, and, and just building speakers and communicators. Uh, and so now I get to put some of that to work myself. And uh, uh, when I became president, actually a couple of years ago, my predecessor, Flora Lee, uh, who had um, you know, led the organization for 
roughly 10 to 12 years. Uh, and I had been her vice president for a number of years, did most of the PR and, and whatever, you know, work yeah. she wanted me to do. Uh, and, and, you know, we've always had issues and things that we've, you know, been fighting. Uh, the NAACP, we're the oldest civil rights, civil rights organization uh, in the country. Uh, now, you know, we can date ours back to 19, I believe, 35, I want to say. Uh, but nevertheless, 1909 is when it started. And, and Des Moines actually got their first branch in 1911, I believe. Wow. So, yeah. So, you know, some things have been around, um, you know, but when you think about fighting uh, civil rights, you know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, this year, especially, you know, with the marches and those things, you know, what we try to do, we we got away from those because what we had learned a long time ago when MLK and, and some of those others were marching was that, you know, uh, dogs being, you know, put on you, water hoses being used on you, all those things just wasn't really getting things done like we wanted them yeah, done. And, and I feel like that particular mode of uh, demonstration is just so open to bad actors. It's right. so, it, like, your message can be tainted by yes. one person who might be a, an actual, like, follower of what you're doing, and right. it might be tainted by somebody who just wants to go in there and make you look bad. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And and so that's, and that was it. We couldn't control that narrative. So what we did is said, you know what, we're going to try to control the legislative box. We're going to, you know, really get people out there to vote and, and, and do those things that they need to do uh, to, to, to get a voice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, here in Sioux City, I've always said this, and I, I continue to say this, uh, we do live in a bubble. We live in a bubble because, um, you know, we have those relationships. And uh, I was able to sit down uh, with like our chief of police, Rex Mueller. You know, a couple weeks ago, I sat down uh, with Ed uh, Mana uh, and over from South Sioux City uh, Police Department. And um, we, uh, you know, we're able to sit down and say, hey, you know, where are we right now? What are we looking at? What do we need to do uh, now? Of course, we're not a monolith as it relates to the black community. I don't speak for everybody. However, I have been voted to to at least have a voice. And so um, my hope is that, you know, many in the community, people of color, whether they black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, uh, you know, would say, you know, I you know, this is what we need. This is what we want. This is what you know we're looking for. And then me and my officers and administrative uh, staff from the NACP will, you know, sit down and try to figure those things out. Um, you know, one of the stories I often tell is that it was so great when, you know, when you think of the NACP, it's a national organization. And when you think of the problems that they may have in New York or the problems that they may have in Dallas, right. uh, you know, may not be the problems that we have in Iowa. And that's not to say that we don't have some similar things. Uh, but, you know, when we think about overall, how do we want to attack something? How do we want to look at something? You know, at some point I had to stop and say, wait a minute. You know, that's not really my problem in Sioux City. Right. Um, and, and when I was able to sit down with my counterparts throughout you know, the country, the region, and say, well, you know, I can call my chief of police right now and say, hey, what, what's the statistics for this? Or what are we doing about this? And he answers the phone and says, oh, Ike, this is what we're doing. Everybody looked at me with amazement right, right. <laughs> and said, whoa, what? what? You, you, yeah, I got his cell number. You know, I can call him right now. Um, you know, and it was the same thing with the sheriff. You know, if there was an issue with the jail, I can call the sheriff and say, Hey, this happened. You know what's going on, and and we have a true candid conversation. Doesn't mean I'm always get my way, and doesn't mean I'm always get what I want. However, um, they listen, I listen, and then we can, you know, and I can go back and say, well, this is what the situation is. How do we fix it? How do we, you know, what do we need to do to work on this? Or, you know, our hands are tied. Right. I, you know, I think that we're kind of dealing, or what you're talking about there is kind of a benefit to living in the state of Iowa plus living in the city of Sioux City because a lot of people don't realize especially with you know Iowa's reputation nationally or the perception would be that we're middle American we're predominantly white right um you know like good old farm boys kind of deal right exactly but people don't realize that Iowa historically has been at the forefront of civil rights whether it be for women the LGBT community or um, the black community, black, uh, education. Yep. You know what people don't realize. You know before uh, board versus uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Brown. Uh, Brown versus board. Mm-hmm. You know uh, Clark versus board. You know, and that was in Iowa. That was you know uh, Alexander Clark who went to uh, court went 
to the Supreme Court, Iowa Supreme Court, and fought for his daughter to go to school uh, at, at a school in Muscatine. And guess what? And and that was I want to say forty. It may have been even sixty years before Board v. You know Brown. Mm-hmm. So uh, so yeah, you're absolutely right. Iowa <laughs> Iowa was the first state in the nation to uh, desegregate public school or public colleges. Yep. And um, as for, for uh, black people and women, absolutely. And um. We uh, also, this is a statistic that is the most, I find it to be like the most tragic statistic that gives, uh, sheds a light on Iowa and how, like, I guess, historically progressive we've been is that we, we had three of the first um, African-American college football players yep. at Drake, <laughs> Iowa State, and Iowa, right? Yes. Iowa was as early as the 1800s, yes. but Iowa State and Drake, both times that they had the first black player on their team ever take the field. Yeah. Do you know the statistic? It's disgusting, but both times they were killed on the first play of the game by the opposing team. And it's like, it's, it's so disgusting and so tragic to hear, like, especially in 2021, to hear about that happening. Right. And to know that that's how far or how early we were into moving in that direction to the point where an Iowa team can say, yes, that's this person is on our team, don't go to our right. school, is a member is a member of this team, right? And then to go to, I think it was Oklahoma and Minnesota are the two teams that we were playing that, um, you know, like both times were play, killed on the first play of the game. Right, right. And, and that there was no criminal charges brought. It's so disgusting, but it's, you know, it, it it's a small <laughs> pat on the back for the state of Iowa and a big tear, I feel like, for America. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That that happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and that's the reality of, uh, of, of what, you know, our our country has has been you know dealing with for years and and I think that that's the thing that people get um, mixed up about you know it, it's the systemics you know when you think about going back you know over two three hundred years um, you know we talk about Lincoln Abraham Lincoln who's one of my favorite presidents but you know over the last year I've really studied Grant and Grant, man, I love that dude. That dude was on it. He was, he was, he was about it. And and so, you know, when you think about the Reconstruction era and you know building equality, hey, now slavery is over, so we're going to build this country to be the strongest country ever. And yet, people fought it, and people fought it, and they continue to fight it. And the question becomes, why? Yes. <laughs> it will, and the rollback on progress too. <laughs> right. That following the Civil War, there was a significant amount of black legislators yes. in the South following the Civil War. And as soon as the Union forces withdrew after like the Reconstruction period, yep. then that was when you saw the rise of the KKK. Then yep. you saw um, laws coming into play that were yep. basically reinstituting slavery under a different name, under apprenticeship. Absolutely. And they were also, uh, you know, uh, just creating all these laws in yeah, general Jim that just Crow, created Jim Crow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and we see today that we're going in that same direction. Right. I mean, you know, I just heard just yesterday that, you know, someone was, um, you know, talking about, or that legislators, there is over 30 legis- state legislators that are, you know, introducing legislation to roll back voting rights and roll back, you know, to, to suppress voting. Mm-hmm. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, in 2021, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, know? I mean, just in general, the way that the African-American population has been or has been so negatively yeah. impacted by the drug laws. We'll yes, go with drug laws and the way that once you become a felon, now you can't vote anymore. Exactly. But then we have to ask ourselves, is the point of our prison system rehabilitation or is it strictly a punitive system? Because right. if it, if we're going to cling to this narrative that is rehabilitation, then we have to restore voting rights. Absolutely, right? absolutely. You know, and 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 one of the arguments that we made with the NACP because we we've been on that. You know, I mean, that's been one of our platforms for years. Is that you know how do you tell a person? I mean, that okay, you, you've done this crime, you you've done the time, you've done what we've asked you to do, and yet we don't want to give you back the fundamental right to just have a voice in the society that you live in. Now, here's the funny thing, but. You have to pay taxes. Yes. So, <laughs> you have to be a member of our society. You have to contribute, but we're not going to let, let you, you speak participate. On it. Yeah, yes. exactly. So, uh, so yeah, and that's, and that's why it's so important that more and more people understand what's really going on uh, and, and speak truth to, to, to the power, speak truth. You know, what's going on in Texas right now? When you think about the storms, you think about 
this electrical, you know, power grid. You know, now Texas, I love Texas. Texas is, is I, born and raised there. Now, you know, I'm proud. I'm a proud. So you can't be from Texas and not be proud, That's right? Um, but, you know, Texas has has wanted its own. You know, we hey, we're Texas. We can have our own power grid. We don't need anybody else. Right. And guess what? Now they're blaming, you know, renewables. Yeah, you're <laughs> you right. Know, like how, how, what? I mean, and, 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 you know, the NACP, we are a nonpartisan organization. So, you know, we don't go right or left because, you know, we believe that we can have friends on both sides of the aisle. Right. Uh, matter of fact, you know, speaking of the prison uh, situation or, or re- restoration of rights, you know, Governor Kim Reynolds of Iowa, who restored, you know, and, and, and you, we loved her position because she said to the legislation, hey, you know, I need you guys to do this. I need you to pass this bill because if you don't do it, I'm going to do it. And you may not like the way we do it. Now, you know, we know that Iowa does have a Republican led, you know, legislation, but they couldn't get it passed. They got it passed in the House, but couldn't get it passed in the Senate. And so she had to do an executive order, which is what she didn't want to do, because, you know, previously, previous to her, uh, I think Tom Vilsack, you know, he had done an executive order, and they're <laughs> able to be rolled back, and right? they were, exactly. Yep. And Brandstad rolled it back, so she said, "You know what? Let's do it so that it's not rolled back." And uh, yet, and still, you know, our, our our Iowa Senate just couldn't, you know, figure out a way to do it. But yet, they can really push through school vouchers and and yeah, <laughs> and and all of this stuff that is totally. Uh, yeah, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> right, right. So I, I guess one of the big wins I've seen is the body cam. So Absolutely. how did that come about? You know, um, we have been asking for body cams for years. And, and uh, obviously with George Floyd and, and, and what happened and, and being able to see, you know, that a police officer, you know, really just did, you know, have been doing what we've known them to do for years. Uh, we were able to sit down with the police department here, Sioux City Police Department, Rex uh, and his team and say, you know, what is it going to take uh, for us to do it? Now, city council, I think they've always said, hey, you know, what will it take? And 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 the police department has always said, well, you know, it's money or, you know, we never really had the support. Uh, and so this year there was support. I mean, I think um, it wasn't just my group, this small group, you know, but it was the larger support of the community saying, right. you know what, we're going to get behind the NACP. We're going to get behind any other group uh, where this Black Lives Matter uh, and and we're going to demand this and and whatever we have to do to make it happen. Let's make it happen. And so, um, yeah, the police department, you know, they had already had the research. They had already been doing, uh, you know, some things to find out, you know, how can they have cameras to integrate with the cameras? Because they've always yeah. had car cameras in their cars. Mm-hmm. Well, um, they ended up uh, finding a, a vendor and, and, and doing what they had to do and implementing within, I think, 90 uh, days, maybe 180 That's days. That's what was yeah. impressive to me is that it seemed pretty quick on yeah, the turnaround. Absolutely. For that. Yeah. So, yeah, so they were already kind of in place and they just wanted to make sure things would work out in the way that they needed it to work out. And so uh, we were very happy with, um, you know, that energy that they put behind that. And so, again, sitting down and and, and one thing I'll say about the, the chief of police here, you know, uh, Rex Mueller, is that he's um, very, very candid and, and, and transparent. Uh, you know, Rex is a good man. He really wants to see the best. And one thing that I, I appreciate about him is that, you know, when he and I sat down and, and, and had a very deep, long conversation, uh, he was, hey, you know what? I want good police officers. You know, I don't want to have to think about stress about, you know, who I have on the street and and, yeah. and what they're doing. Right. You know, we'd rather get the bad out and, and, and just have the good. And, and, and that's not to say that, you know, he hasn't had issues in his department. And uh, just like with anywhere else, we, we know that it's not a perfect, you know, system, a perfect place. Um, but I think we understand some things differently. And, and, and I say this to say this. Uh, it's tough being a police officer. It's, yeah. it's tough. It, it's really tough because even right now today, uh, police officers, they don't know how to respond to a situation. Uh, you know, uh, uh, obviously we don't want them to respond with guns, you know, yeah. blazing. Yep. But, uh, you know, when they show up at a call, do they show up passive or do they show up aggressive? Because or, there is oh, a time and a place. for Exactly. Yeah. And, and what's the middle ground? Mm-hmm. You know, because one bad, you know, one second can mean a life. Right. You know, and that could go either way. But, uh, you know, on, on the same front, you know, when we think about January 6th, what happened at the Capitol where police officers showed great restraint. <laughs> exactly. And right. so, uh, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, things were, you know, what 
if they were not so passive, would things have escalated to the point that they escalate? I mean, we don't know. You right. know, we can always speculate. Or would it have turned into a massacre we're, on the steps of the Capitol exactly. and we're dealing a whole different thing? With a whole right? different thing. Exactly. Right. So. So, yeah. So it's it, you know, it's, it's a hard place for them to be. But we do know that it's possible. Uh, to to have that restraint, and we do know, and and at the end of the day, as a as a member of the black community, and and and, and you know the NACP, we want accountability. That's mm-hmm. that's really what it comes down to. We're not saying that a cop may not get out there and, and and shoot somebody, but he needs to be accountable for whatever his actions are. If it's a good thing, you know, and I won't say good thing, but if it's if it's justified. No problem. But if it's not, you know, then let's do something about that. And let's not cover it up. Let's not, you know, um, uh, just push it under the rug. Yeah. And the the policing situation is so large and complex. Right. And, you know, I I look at it as and this is coming from a white person who's I've lived my whole life as a white guy. Right. So I've never walked a step in somebody's shoes who is not white. So I don't know what that police that interaction looks like with the police. But, you know, for example, I shoot a lot of rap music videos. So right. it just lends me to not being around as many white people. And I can't tell you how different an interaction is with the police that I can see when it's with these with non-white people yes. versus how it goes with myself. With myself, it's I'm usually being approached as, mm-hmm. hey, what's going on here? Right. Will you explain it real quick? Right. Whereas like I've seen it on the other side where it gets approached as straight suspicion from the start. Absolutely. Where I don't deal with that. And that's, and it's important for white people. Cause I've, I've been around white people right, all my right, whole life right. where like the narrative will be like, if you're not doing anything wrong, then there's no reason to be in these confrontations with right. the police. But when every confrontation or when every interaction you've had with the police yes. quickly turns into a confrontation, just because of the way you look or the color of your skin, it gets very difficult to like right. say it's the same thing between a white person and a black person Absolutely. talking to the police. And not that it's every time, because I do think in Sioux city, we have, um, a special benefit where we don't have, it's not segregated. There's no right. Mexicans part of the city. There's no right. black part of the city. Right. So, you know, it's very difficult. It's very, it's very easy to be scared of people. You don't know people right. you've never interacted right. with. Exactly. If you've never talked to a black person in your life and you've only heard scary stories from all the racists around you, yep. right? Then it's very easy to be scared of a black person. The first time you have to, especially if you're Absolutely. talking to a group of black people, right? But in Sioux City, where everybody, if you went to right. anyone, there's no white high school, there's no right. black high school. Right. So you've had interaction with every different segment yep. of the community, every different segment of humanity. And it takes away a lot of that fear. Absolutely. And I think that's where we see a lot less of the, you know, when I see the George Floyd stuff, when I see um, uh, Eric, Gard- oh, it was Eric Gardner um, from New York from, City. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I see cops who are scared of scared of the person that they're trying right. to arrest. Right? right. And when you take away that fear, I feel like it just lends itself to a better outcome. Right. A hundred percent of the time. Exactly. And, and you know what? And I, and I don't even know if it's fear. It, you know, I, I think to a certain extent, I mean, there may be some of that, but I also think that there is this ego, this, right. this place of I'm, I'm better than you because, you know, and I'm reading this book, uh, stamped from the beginning, uh, Abraham Kendi, I believe is his name. Um, and, you know, and, and, and he's really given that historical text of, you know, I'm talking about from 1600s, you know, to where, you know, people were t- told that, you know, blacks were were beasts and they had no, you know, training and no concept of understanding. So, you know, when that stuff comes from that historical place and and it is just put on you that they're not worthy of this and that they, they are a mountain because you got to remember there was a time when blacks were you know second class citizens they i mean if you were black you were nothing mm-hmm. uh and and, and it's to, very recent at very recent that's to, what that's to, what people <laughs> need to keep in mind is that if you have a grandma who's like yeah. 80 years old remember that she was what 30 when right. the civil rights act was passed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's so, so yeah, scary. yeah. 1964. Yeah. You, you know, when you think about the fact that, that, you know, up until that time, people weren't alive. I mean, the voting rights was 1965 and civil rights 64. So, you know, if you think about it in terms of, you know, to that point, weren't even allowed to, to, to vote, weren't even allowed to, you know, have you. And so, you know, 
Um, Chuck Colson said, we're all fooled by our own limited perceptions. And and it's so true. And Chuck Colson was in Nixon's. He was one, the only one who got in trouble for Nixon's Watergate scandal. <laughs> you know, yeah. but 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 he said, you know, and he said it because guess what? You know, how you perceive something is, is just based on, I mean, you know, your perception or your experience. And and, and I love that. You know, I, I tell the story. Uh, I was driving across the state of Iowa a few years ago. And, and and it was at the height of when, you know, things were going on and uh, and I'm driving and I'm speeding and I'm trying to get across because I'm trying to go to Cedar Rapids for a conference. And as I'm going and I'm going, you know, I think I'm going to take the back roads because, you know, I may not run into any, you know, but and I'm I mean, I mean, Taylor, I mean, when I tell you I'm flying. Yeah. And I hit a hill. And as I'm coming over here, there was a deputy sheriff coming the other way. And I'm just like, oh, always works. man, <laughs> you know. And so I look and and. I, I look in my, my mirror and I see, I'm like, man, don't hit your lights. Don't hit your lights. And, you know, and, and I think I was going so fast, he had to hit his yeah. lights. You he, know? So, he might so, not have been running the speed on, but he knew something right, was going on exactly. here. Exactly. So, so, you know, I see his brake lights. So at that point, I just go ahead and I didn't even just try to keep going. I just pulled over because yep. I'm like, I'm not going to even do this. And by the time he got up to me, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's how fast I was going. But by the time he got to me, uh you know, I'm sitting in my car and, and I'm looking and, and, you know, Iowa's cornfields and he pulls up and I see him get out. And man, a fear came over me, Taylor, like I had never felt before. And I was like, man, I do not want to lose my life in the middle of a cornfield. What are people going to say? Right. You know, and, and so, you know, um, <laughs> I, I, I grabbed the wheel because, you know, we teach our, our young black uh, kids and especially boys, you know, when you get pulled over, you know. 10 and four, you know, yeah. 10 and two or whatever, uh, you know, turn on the light, put your stuff on the thing. And, and I didn't even have time to think about grabbing my stuff out of my pocket. I just grabbed the wheel uh, and I'm squeezing the wheel. Like I'm on ice, man. I'm yeah. like, and, and he comes up, I have the window already down and he says, uh, you know, man, you're going pretty fast. And I said, yeah, I'm just trying to get across, you know? And he says, well, you got your license registration. And I said, yeah, my license is in my pocket is it okay if I go down there and get it? Uh -huh. And he was like, yeah, you're all right. So I got my license and I said, the registration is in the glove box. Uh, is it okay if I go get it? He's like, yeah, you're all right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah, and yeah. so I get it and, and he looks at it and um, he just gives it back to me and he says, Hey, you know, just slow it down for him. And I was like, all right, thank you. You know, now he had every right, every right to, to give me a ticket, had every right. He probably had every right to take me to jail to be honest yeah. with you. But, uh, at that moment, he knew, he saw it, he felt mm. that fear in me. Now, I challenge any, any person who's that non-color, of non-color, I would challenge them to feel that feeling. Yeah. When you get pulled over, you don't think about losing your life. No. You think about maybe your insurance going up, getting a ticket, driving record, getting whatever, but you don't think about losing your life. And that's a feeling that not, I mean, that we as black, especially black men, we as like, man, if we get pulled up, it's automatic. Like, you know, and then the the the, the response of it is, what is they're going to say? You know, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to be the president of the NACP, you know. So, you yeah. know, people are going to say, well, man, the NACP got killed. Well, you know, but how quickly will someone say, well, what was he doing or what, you know. Did he do did drugs he, in college? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Pulling up any past, you know. So uh, that's 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 our reality, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that's what, you know, um, I, I want to bring to light is that, you know what, it's not always about, you know, it, let's let's keep it. Let's keep it 100 right now today. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to build these relationships. So when you do, you know, I, I met with uh, Senator Ernst and uh, Senator Grassley's people um right here in Sioux City and, and to have that conversation and say, you know, okay, I mean, let's be, let, I, I want to be intentional mm -hmm. about what we're doing as it relates to race, as it relates to uh, anything, gender. I mean, all of it, you know, let's be intentional. Let's, I mean, to the point that we're almost being racist, we're almost being, you know, sexist that we're, you know. Yeah. And from, and from a standpoint of not doing it for the sake of appeasement, but for the sake of let's examine everything we have out on the table. Right. At what point are we falling short of a basic human right or yes. basic equality? Yes. And how do we address that, that how short we're coming right there? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And that's it. it you know, how, how do we, 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 we do that. And then let's, des, you know, have a desire to make it right. Because here's the thing. 
by me asking for equality does not take anything away from you. You, you know, yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 and that's the whole thing is that me asking for equality means that, you know what, maybe now we talk about America being strong. Now America is strong because now we're working together and not against each other. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, absolutely the truth. And does it, I, I guess as, as a, somebody who's obviously well-versed on the history of civil rights and, uh, and also the president of a chapter of the NAACP, does it, play does it weigh heavy on you the way that civil rights movements have been treated in the past or been handled in the past by the government especially with you know like operation paperclip from the start or with you know just the way fred hampton was murdered laying in bed after doing exactly everything that you take the most um i i I don't want to say racist but the most hating person of the civil rights movement who thinks oh well we already have equality and this and that right. and what are what are black people screaming about uh in front of the police station for um because right. they already <laughs> have equal rights you know what i mean or they exactly. bring up statistics and they say white people are going to be killed by police too and whatever the case right. may be but it leaves out the history of an organized effort by the fbi by the yes. city of chicago by the united states government to suppress the civil rights movement yes. and to marginal controversialize their leaders right. and to murder anybody who rises above the controversializing absolutely absolutely you know i i think it's a, and that's why i think we have to speak truth i i think we have to speak truth and and, and truly understand uh the historical context you know people say man i don't want you to talk about slavery but yet you want to talk about you know the things that benefit you or something else and and, and i think that that's a great point because when you talk about the um you know black panther party you think about this now the black panther party said hey they found out that we can carry, you know, guns, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, so so, you know, we're going to protest. We're going to go to the Capitol and we're going to, you know, try to get our voices heard. Yep. And guess what? A gun. <laughs> exactly. And that is the fundamental. Anybody who has a problem with the Black Panthers and their stance on gun have cannot have any type of positive look on the Second Amendment then, because right. that is exactly what the point is to protect you from the government exactly. to be able to have your voice heard. That's the entire point of the, guns the whole in this country. Point. Yes. But yet people who support the Second Amendment would totally speak out against the Black Panther Party. Right. And, and you just, I mean, so mm-hmm. think about that hypocrisy. Think mm-hmm. of, you know, in, in, I mean, at its best. And so, yeah, I believe that the civil rights organization has been I know, pushed by our government. And, and I think it's important, um, you know, that and, and that's why it's so important to vote. I mean, uh, you know, to vote, not just vote, but be an educated voter voter so that you truly can get someone in there to to, to, to speak for you and, and vote. You know, one of the best books that I've ever read was What's the Matter with Kansas? Uh, and, and if you've never read it, man, take take an opportunity to read that because it really talks about. And again, and, and I'm a nonpartisan, but it talks about how the Republican Party in Kansas, you know, basically pushed this agenda. And so everybody voted, you know, Republican. What time period are we looking at? <laughs> you know, this was just probably back in the 80s, oh, 90s. Okay. Yeah. They, 90s. I was thinking you're going back to like no, John Brown when they were no, trying to I'm keep talking you know, about, slavery in Kansas. No, and, okay. like right, like, wow. you know, recent. And, and, and what ended up happening was, you know, and this was, I mean, probably I would say 10 years ago that they realized that, man, wait a minute. Some of these, uh, this legislation has gone against, you know, just the fundamentals of life and, and, and. And so they had to, man, I mean, you talk about a fight against that. They recall their governor because they were like, whoa, wait a minute. This is, wow. you know, we're, we, we've pushed ourselves into a hole all because of, you know, the policies that, that we voted for. And it's not to say that, that some of the Republican policies were wrong, you know, and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that when you just say, you know what, I'm just going to go a party just because one or two issues is what I stand for, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, that shouldn't just be the main issue that you vote on because saying that you're pro-life may go against something else. You know, saying that you're pro-choice you know, choice may go against something else. Right. So you, you, you can't say, you know, if, if you're a Second Amendment, you know, constitutionalist, guess what? You know, being a constitutionalist, I think, is a great thing. But, you know, if you say, well, I'm, I'm for, you know, gun control, well, that may go against something else. Yeah. You know, uh, well, I won't, you know, I, I want my gun. 
well, that may go against. So, yeah. so you really have to, you know, try to find. And I think that, you know, uh, when you think back to earlier days, uh, I think Washington and, and Adams had it right when they said, you know, whoever gets the most votes win the presidency, whoever's second, you know, yeah, it didn't matter what, right, what right. party, because there was some balance there. When you and think George about Washington it. said that the two party system would be the death of America. Exactly. So, yeah. so guess what? Look at us now. <laughs> Look at us yeah. now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I just think that it's just, it, you know, it, it's crazy, but we have to really take a look at those things uh, and, and, and try to understand that the government uh, and, and I'm not, you know, against the government because, because, you know, I know it's easy to be, you know, uh, pro government, pro, you know, whatever, but I'm not uh, their biggest fan. So it's all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you know, cause I do think that there are some things that, you know, we need, you know, uh, I think Biden uh, just, uh, initiated a, an immigration overhaul or whatever. And, and so when you think about immigration, think about that, you know, immigration, what is it, you know, when we talk about immigration, people immediately think about illegal immigration. They don't think about the whole grasp and the whole span of immigration. I was just talking about this yesterday that we have a big problem with the short sightedness of America. You know, yes. they say in, in Europe, a hundred miles is a long distance and America a hundred years is a long time. Right. But we are all so recently immigrant. Like I always use it to just basically justify my work, like right. working. Right. Is like, I always say all of us are from immigrants, basically, right. unless you're right. native American, right. You're right. from an immigrant. So why? I, Cause I get really tired of the, like a sense of entitlement right. where people are like, I am owed this because I'm an American. Right. 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 Because like all of our grandpa or great grandpas and great grandmas yes. got on boats or maybe on planes if they're right. a little bit more recent and said, I'm going to leave behind everything I know, yes. everything that I love. And I'm going to go to an entirely new place to work for the rest of my life to yes. hopefully give my kids a little bit better life. Exactly. And we all lose. And then like the idea that people think I just have a problem with even like the label of immigrant, right? Where people are like, Oh, those are, those are immigrants. It's like, no, no, no. All of us. All are. of us. None of right, us are right, from right, here. So right. like, why Why is it, it? It just grosses me out that like we can't go. Absolutely. Oh, so we have, you know, the most recent influxes of immigrants in America in Sioux City are like the Mexican, Asian right, and right. African communities. Right. Whereas like to label that as any different than somebody who's lived here for a generation is just strange to me. It, it, absolutely. You know, I had a, a young man who said, you know, I, I host uh, every once in a while. Um, just conversations. Let's have a real conversation. And, and we keep the media away just so that we can have a real conversation where a person can ask me a real question and I give them a real answer. And, uh, and, a, and a guy said to me, he said, you know, my issue is that, you know, I worked for IBP for a number of years and, and, and then they let those people come over here and, you know, and I was like, okay. So, you know, he says, I just don't understand why they would come and, and work for, you know, $10 less than, you know, uh, what we were working. And, you know, and I said, well, tell me this. I mean, why do you blame them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, you know, and I asked him, I said, so did they decide what they were going to be paid or did the person who hired you decide what was going to be paid? Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, you know, but they accepted it. I'm like, but did they know any different? Yeah. You know, I mean, let's and what was the slave or what was the wages that they were coming exactly. from? Exactly. Right. And that's the key is that if they're working for five dollars over there and they're coming over, just like you said, I want to make a better life for my family and give my children just a little bit more than what I had. Then why would anyone be upset with that? Right now, granted. You know, I know people are against unions and, and, and you know, but maybe if you would have said to this person, hey, there's a union because this is what we're doing, <laughs> you know, then mm -hmm. maybe. But don't be upset of a person who just wants a better life, who's willing to come and work hard. Because that's the most American thing that you can it, exactly. talk about. Exactly. That is the <laughs> fundamental concept of America is the ability to work for a better life. It, that's it. Right. And, and that's all anyone. If you go and ask anyone who has come from somewhere else. You know, why did you come to America? I just want, you know, I just I just want a better life. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't want, you know, the government telling me that they're going to kill me or, you know, right. I, I want to have some freedoms. I want to be able to speak, you know, and, and, and again, vote. I can vote for this person and not feel like it's going to, you know, haunt me, right. uh, you know, and, and, and really understand that life is, you know, uh, when I was in school, we had a, a kid who came over from, I think, somewhere in, in, in Europe. And we took him to the, the demolition derby. <laughs> and he was so upset. And he said, man, you guys in America, you 
man, you wreck cars that we would use these cars to go to work, to go to school, to go to, you know, and, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I mean, like, wow, I mean, never thought about it like that, you know, right. I mean, cause, cause it's not a car that anybody would use, you mm -hmm. know, but would they? I mean, because we dismiss the inner city, we dismiss urban, you know, because we put people, you know, whether it's a reservation one day or if it's the urban, mm. <laughs> you know, of the projects, the next, you know, we put people in these places and then we forget about them and say, oh, they'll just be okay. But in reality, it, no, it's not, you right. know, it, it's really not. <laughs> and people who have like a anti-immigrant sentiment, uh, you know, unless you're British or maybe Dutch, like Name one thing that you can criticize a, a recent immigrant group about that they didn't say about your Irish great grandpa. There it that is. they didn't say about your German great grandpa. You know, yep. look at like the way that uh, Benjamin Franklin talked about the Germans and the Brit or Germans and the Irish were right. is no different than the most than the way that uh, Steve King talks about Mexicans. Exactly. You know? and, 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 and that's why it's so important that we don't allow it to happen. Right. Because if we know, and, and, and there's a saying that if, you know, when they came out to this, when they came out to them, when they came out to them, no one spoke up. And so now they're coming after me. And, and, and you talk about government. Guess what? If the government comes after there and here and here and, you know, and, and, and we don't, then it's just the elite at that point yep. doing what they want to do, how they want to do it, and and not have a problem. Rick Perry, who you know, and and I and I keep bringing up this Texas thing because I have family in Texas, yeah. and 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 so you know, my mom is still down there, my brother, my cousins, and uncles, uh, you know, and so guess what, it, it, man, I'm worried. I'm concerned because, right. you know, not only do they have heat, they, they don't have power now. They all live in different places, and and they're you know fairly successful people. But Rick Perry, who obviously was the previous governor and 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 past in energy secretary you know i mean he's sitting somewhere in his nice you know saying well this is not a problem don't let the federal government come in and tell you what to do well um uh, hello it, it's a problem yeah i mean people people don't have food water <laughs> i that is the people love saying that about government when the government failed they're like, no, don't expect the government to solve your problems. It's like, hey, you caused the problem, brother. You caused yeah. it, exactly. Like where last year, like people are like, oh, the government's giving out all this money for coronavirus. Like, I can't run my business because right. of the government. So right. can I get some money? You know, like, exactly. well, I don't feel the least bit of shame taking a little bit of money off of all of the contracts that I lost because I couldn't run a business. Right, yeah. exactly. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, it, and, and that is that, that, that piece that you have to, you know, and again, not to beat up on them, but because they still run, you know, society as we know it but uh it, you have to take a real look a real look and 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 uh i am so sick and tired of people blaming the media though yeah. like like i you know i come from the media and so uh you know i i just wish people would you know understand the differences you know understand that there's a difference between broadcast media and 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 cable and and and, and, and local talk media and local versus me. yeah what k-meg's doing versus what <laughs> Fox News versus, right. versus what MSNBC is exactly. doing. Exactly. I worked at, um, you know, KMEG. Right. And I'll say that there was no, like, hey, don't run that story because it makes Democrats look bad. Or, right. We need to run this pro-Republican life section. Exactly. You know, there was none of that. None stuff. of that. Yeah. None of that. And so that's the, that and that's the biggest thing that we, you know, we have to, to really, you know, take a look at, because people do. You know, the other day someone sent me a thing about, well, uh, uh, Biden, he, you know, all the executive orders that he signed, you know, uh, he now insulin, he signed an order for insulin to go up. And I'm like, prove that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and so you know, I did my research and, and, and yeah, the order that he signed had nothing to do with that. It had to do with the fact that the order that was signed was expiring. Yeah. That, <laughs> and that's the problem is that it, it, with, with partisan media in general, it, as far as at the national level, I, I, I say that MSNBC and Fox news, have like if yeah. the Taliban could have done one tenth of what Fox News and MSNBC <laughs> has done to the American public, then the the Taliban would have been the most successful terrorist organization you of all time. So right, you're so right. Yeah, I I, I love it, and uh, you know, but but I really do appreciate when people can sit down and have a conversation uh, and talk about. You know, I I try never to get too political, but obviously in in my role, you know, politics is because because at the end of the day, policy changes are what we need and and what we're looking for and. You know, we as regular citizens can't make those changes, so right. we have to look to the politicians. Uh, but I do think term limits should be in effect, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because I think uh, it doesn't give people time to to get their feet in. And we do have to be careful who we, you know, when you look at a Steve King 
And I realize, and you know, the the interesting thing is that, uh, and I've often said this: Steve King isn't isn't uh, when you meet him face to face. I've met him. I mean, he's we, a nice guy. He's nicest charismatic. guy, exactly. Yeah. One of the nicest guys. I mean, and, and we've had conversations. We've we've talked and those things. But you know, in that that inner self, and, and when you know, if this is what you believe, then you should not you know, be elected to uh, one, you know, and I'm not saying the highest office, but elected to a higher office uh, that you represent a group of people, especially when you don't support, you know, or, or, or have love for those people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had a big problem with it when, uh, with a lot of Steve King stuff, I'm, I'm kind of like, ah, he was just playing to get some support, you right. know, like I right. get, whatever, but it's, it's the gross side of politics. It's the, it's the problem with not having, um, campaigns, fi- campaign finance reform, campaign Absolutely. term limits or term limits in general, because it just turns into, it's just a money game. It's Absol- just a campaign. Absolutely. Game, right? And, but with, uh, Steve King, when he started talking about the fact that Sioux city, Oh, the Sioux city billboards are in Spanish down and that's how, that's what's happening to their town. That's why we need to stop immigration. It's like, no, I live here, dog. It's not. <laughs> I don't have a problem with billboards being right. in Spanish because it means that on every street corner is one of the best burritos you've ever had in your life. Exactly. And yeah, and at some point, the German bakeries in the town are going to be replaced by a panacea, and it's not because it's it's not a negative. It's just the evolution it's of what it means evolution. to be in America and have a melting pot. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and I be, I think and that's again where it comes back to when that question of why. You know, what is it as a white individual, what is it that you are afraid of that's happening or going to happen that makes you stand firm, dig your feet in the, you know, in right. the sand and say, nope, I don't want this. You know, what is it? What, you know, what is it that, that, you know, and I've asked this question, what is it that you want? White America, what do you want? Uh, you know, because I, I would like to know so we can say, okay, now I know what you want. So let's, let's figure out how we get it. You know, un- unless, you know, it's so far fetched that, you know, because at the end of the day, I believe we all want the same thing. I want a, a, a safe community. I want a safe uh, I want a safe, productive, efficient, effective school uh, for my children. I, I, I want to, uh, you know, make a decent wage, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so that I can take care of my family so we can take a vacation so we can do some of those things. Uh, you know, and it's not just, a, you know, I'm working 60 and 70 hours a week to to make ends meet, you know. Right. I mean, you know, I want to know that I live in a place that the meat is good, that, you know, that 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 I don't have to worry about getting spoiled meat or or, you know, um, that, you know, I have heat right, right. <laughs> in my home. So so, it, 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 you know, I would challenge any person that's of non color to, to, to tell me that they don't want those things. You know, you know, uh, if someone wants, hey, I want a gun too. If 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 it means I'm gonna stay safe, you know. If, but I mean, I hope I have never have to use it. Right. <laughs> I think that Killer Mike articulates that point the best. I, I, Absolutely. Yes, the way he talks about uh, just gun rights and and their importance in the black community, I'm like, this guy really. I feel yeah, like he gets it. Exactly. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So so yeah. So I I would challenge anybody to you know sit across from me and tell me that you don't want these things. You tell me what you want, and I'll tell you what I want. And I guarantee you, we're we're gonna be right lock and step. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I I I mean, regardless, and you can take away. It doesn't have to be black, white. It could be right. Uh, Democrat, Republican. Yes. It can be you know atheist, Catholic. Right. Everybody, I feel like, does want the same things. They want a level of autonomy and freedom. Right. They want um, to be sure that their family is safe, and they want to be able to make a living. Exactly. And that's and, at, and, at the and, core. And, and so when you think about those three things that you just said, and then you throw in the fact that, you know, we're fighting over, you know, masks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that we're fighting over healthcare. Some things are so silly. I mean, it's silly mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, if you get sick, you need a doctor. If I get sick, I need a doctor. But yet, and still, we're gonna fight over healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, we we fight over pro life and pro choice. I mean, as if and and now it's you know me and you're a bunch of men. You know, yeah. and, you know how do we tell a woman what she should or shouldn't do? You know, with her her body when it comes to reproduction. And, and again, yeah. not to say that we would ever tell a woman, hey, go go do this. No, right. but. That's her decision, you know, and, mm-hmm. and to, 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 you know, should we not want crazy people to have guns? I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not necessarily for gun control in terms of, you know, taking away from everybody. But I mean, I, if, if I know someone who's has a mental illness, I, I, 
I, I think I'm okay with them not being, you yeah, know, issued yeah. a, a license to, to, to have a, a gun, yep. you know? Cause and, it's, and it's all just like, it, the problem is that it's all just splitting hairs, right? It's it's, like, and that's that's it. where the, that's where the division comes in, right. is the, the hair splitting part. It's right. Crazy, it, yeah. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, as Americans, I, I think we have to take a deeper look and, and, and truly understand uh, what it means to, uh, you know, have freedoms, have rights. Uh, because, you know, we, we can be some of the biggest hypocrites ourselves in terms of, you know, we support our troops, but we don't support, you know, freedom of speech. Right. We support our troops, but we don't support freedom of choice. We, we support right. our troops, but we don't, you know, because our troops are fighting for our freedoms. Right. Is what we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and then yet, you know, we have one group or one side says, nope, this is the way it needs to be. You know, uh, you said something earlier and, and it made me think about the Supreme Court. Oh, you was talking about uh, campaign finance reform. You know, and and think about it, you know, part of the the politicians or the partisan groups, they are trying to put people on the Supreme Court that sides with them. They're like literally just lobbyists. (laughs) Exactly. You know, and it's like, oh, no, I want a better America. I want a a fairer America, a safer America. You know, I mean, just in case if there is an argument to something, you know, what does this mean? Yeah. You know, how do we interpret this? Not, you know... (laughs) Here, I'll, I'll put out a PSA right now. Until we have com- campaign finance reform in America Absolutely. and the super PAC system, there will be no such thing as free and fair elections because nobody will be elected at the will of the people. They will only be elected by who puts the most money in their pockets. Absolutely. That is a fact. That's a fact. And if anybody has any problem with campaign finance reform, as as far as politicians go, that means they're corrupt. Yeah, yeah, I just, ab- absolutely. I, I'm so grossed <laughs> out by the, the campaign finance thing. It's, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm, and you know what? And, and, and you're absolutely right. I, I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, and then like not only that, but when you get a system like where you get an incumbent in, where people say, "Oh, Mitch McConnell needs to get out of the office." Well, Mitch McConnell's been doing a lot of companies bidding for a lot of years, and that's not a Republican thing. That's Democrats and Republicans Absolutely. both do companies biddings. Yes, Mitch McConnell's not going to be out of office because nobody's going to be able to raise any money to challenge him because exactly. the people who already have he has their vested interests in mind. They're already paying his bills. They're paying his There's bills. There's not going to be an incumbent to challenge, or there's not going to be a, he's not going to be beating the primary. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know what? And if people don't believe you, all they have to do is just go back a few years to healthcare. When, when Obama was elected and, 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 and you know what? Right here in Iowa, if you go back and you look at United Healthcare and you look at Senator Grassley and his wife, you know, who were United Healthcare, big supporters of, mm-hmm. of them. So, you know, do you think that Senator Grassley would ever vote against someone who's lining his pockets? Yeah. No, never. Hey, I need you to do this. Okay, I'm going to do it. You know, I get it. I I, I get it. You know, so so if if you aren't morally uh, uh, in a place to say, you know what, I'm going to make the right decision, then you know what, someone has to do it. Yeah, you know, somewhere else. <laughs> and that's the thing is that nobody's going to be morally in the correct place to make that decision because we've seen time and time again that people aren't making the moral decision. Exactly. And it's not even it's not even necessarily the moral decision because I am I just to be clear, I'm like a right leaning voter. Right, right. And I'm totally against the current healthcare system right. and privatized healthcare because at this current stage in the whole government regulation system, right. we are making two Different industries, filthy rich. Yes. Go drive by a hospital. And in every city, the nicest buildings in the entire city are government buildings. Don't get me started. But then (laughs) hospitals and insurance buildings. Yes. Why are we making two industries so filthy rich off of a necessity? Off of a necessity. So if you're a right-leaning voter like I am and you believe in small government, less government spending, then maybe we should look at how do we get – less money coming out of our pockets into a healthcare system. And if that is maybe we just all share in a collective healthcare system absolutely. to lower the cost for everybody, then maybe we do that, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, how do you get people to listen to that though? Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's, well, Fox news tells them that the it, right. their healthcare system will uh, triple their monthly payment, but it, it exactly. Won't, so, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, and that's the thing that's, that's the fight that we're up against. And, 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 and even in the work that I do, that's the fight that I'm up against. Because even, you know, to something to the, the point of, you know, the school voucher system right here in Iowa, you know, that the legislation has has pushed, uh, you know, for school vouchers to be used uh, at private schools and stuff like that. Now, on one hand, you think, oh, it's not it's not a necessarily a bad 
thing. But on the other hand, when you think about uh, the the oversight and, and and who's going to make sure that that it's not abused, uh, you know, what about those kids that that don't have the transportation to get to the private school or, or, or those things? And so you, you think about, you know, discrimination at its best, you know. All right. I'm sorry to jump in here for just a second. But from this point on, the audio kind of started cutting in and out on the board. So you're going to be hearing a mix of the board and the on camera audio. Um, it's definitely worth listening to. I hope you hold in there, but I just wanted to give you a heads up. Thanks. Um, because we know that private schools, when they look at, hey, I can get this athlete, you know. They'll make exceptions. That the, suddenly it, their mom's it, a secretary it, at the school. Exactly. You know, and what about the kids who have, uh, what do they call them, EAPs, you know, who have, well, we don't want them. We, we want them. And so, so I think that you really have to look at that. On the flip side, uh, I'm a proponent of making sure that schools, uh, you know, are that are failing our kids, you know, we need to take a look at that. We, yeah. we need to really ask those questions and get into those schools and say, hey, what's going on? You know, why are, you know, are our kids not using the, the latest in technology or the latest books? Or, so so I think that there's questions that can be asked that we have to, you know. Why have we accepted the narrative that poor children are more poorly behaved than right than wealthy children? Why exactly. have we accepted that narrative and why? just let that, we let that dictate all of our conversations around public schools. Well, this public school is shitty. Because, right. You know, right. it's a very poor part of town. It's like, wait a second. I know, I'm, I'm poor. I know a lot of poor people. Right. And it, I don't think their kids are markedly worse than it, the rich people's kids. Exactly. You know? Does it maybe come down to before and after school programs? Does it come Absolutely. down to the net nutrition in the school? Does it come down to there's no access to technology at home, so they need additional access Absolutely. to technology at school? Like, how, how do we how do we reframe the conversation that is in, in a point of like solution based rather than preconceived notion? Based? Absolutely, and that's where we're that's where I'm at. Yeah. I, I'm at. What is the solution? How do we fix this? How do we you know? And I'm okay with with inching. You know, one of the biggest things that, you know, uh, we've talked about with the city as well as the police department, we've talked about having an oversight committee. Now, the police department is like, oh, I don't know, we don't, we don't, and I understand where they're coming from because how do we tell a cop, you know, yeah. to do this job when we don't know the job? And when you, like, again, when you, they've never stepped a foot in your shoes and you've never walked it, in it, their shoes, Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, so I totally get it. On the, on the, the flip side of it, though, um, you know, there has to be, you know, people who are in this has to understand that someone's going to look at and look over your shoulder because, you know, we want to make sure that, that you know, what you say is what it is <laughs> and what you do is, is what it is. And so, um, yeah, you know, I, I think that, uh, but what you were saying, it goes so far deeper when we talk about systemic racism, that's, that's where it goes. It goes so deep to those things that you say, wow, mm -hmm. man, if I try to fix this this you know i yeah. mean you know minimum wage you know it, it's a big topic right now you know should it be 15 dollars? i don't know if it should be 15 but it shouldn't be seven dollars and 25 cents yeah well <laughs> i mean regardless if we're looking at minimum wage or not is like i think that the best statistic is to look at is like how many people are getting minimum wage right Take right that, hold that right there but then to go is is wage is wage stagnation the problem is is uh you know is ballooning corporate salaries the problem because right. you know when you look at minimum wage like for me for example here is if minimum wage went to fifteen dollars an hour then it's a very tough pill to swallow here absolutely and I don't pay I I don't make that much more than anybody who works for me right and if they you know it just I it would put me in a situation where I might have to start looking at getting rid of an employee here right, so there right. is like all types of different problems but like at the same time I would never pay an employee minimum wage here. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm way more than minimum wage, <laughs> right, but right. if we start setting a baseline of $15 an hour, so it's like, how do we get employers to understand that you right. know, what this job isn't a $9 an hour job anymore? What, exactly. what you were talking about here, and you know, theoretically, the free market would decide that. Absolutely. But what we've seen as we look at statistics right now with average wages and wage stagnation, right. that the free market isn't, isn't working well enough exactly right. well you know and the thing of it is is that like you said and i and i love how you break that down and and i think just to go a step further uh if you think about breakfast i mean how many people can you know so you know if, if you're making minimum wage 725 you're not eating breakfast no no <laughs> i mean and, and that's not even for a family i mean because you know cereal costs four dollars milk costs four yeah <laughs> you well, know? And, and when i was growing up when i was in high school a burrito a lot when cost 350 Right. Burrito six dollars. Exactly. You know? And that minimum wage hasn't risen since. Right. Like that. So before I could get 
two burritos with my minimum wage salary. Right. Now I, I can hardly afford you one. I have to work an hour to eat a burrito. Right? Yeah, work an hour to eat a burrito. And that's you don't no even drink. get a drink. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly, exactly. Well, regardless, we got it over here, but it just stopped just oh. um, just a minute ago. So, um, if if you're here, if I just cut out, it's because the recording board did stop on me, but we're good. So, I, I looked at it just a minute ago. So. It didn't like that hot, that heat that's no, coming from I was us, right? Coming now. way too hot on that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, regardless, though, I think that we have covered a ton here, and Absolutely. we're about an hour in. So, is there anything that you wanted to come and talk about today that we didn't get to yet? Uh, no, you know what? I appreciate, you know, the opportunity to be here. I appreciate, uh, you know, having a real conversation. Appreciate, uh, you know, when you can have a conversation and, and, and people know what they're talking about, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, and it's not just, you know, the feelings, but it's, it's, it's some facts, you know, with it. Because uh, so often, you know, I'm dealing with people with their feelings and, and, and they're steeped in it. You know, uh, whether it's, again, people talking about the media, whether it's people talking about uh, just what they feel, uh, you know, and, and you know, and, and I get it all. I get, you know, when people talk about the insurrection, when people talk about Trump, when people talk about, you know, so I get get all of it, you know. Um, but on the same token, you know, I, I have to go back with morality. Uh, you can't legislate morality, um, you know, and, and there's just some things that I just think that, you know, it's hard to say that people, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I really, I appreciate uh, being able to have that conversation and, 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 you know, um, I'm, you know, and I'm always open to, to, to have more conversations. And sometimes, you know, it's the wide things that, you know, that we start out with, but then it's those specific, you know, things that, that really talk about us because even her right now in Sioux city, you know, there are some things that we're dealing with. Uh, you know, we, we have a couple of uh, people who were murdered, uh, you know, we're trying to figure out, and they, and they were of of the the, the black um, uh, persuasion, and uh, and so you know, there's uh, and and there's an issue there, but because one, you know, you have the police department who is really trying to solve this crime, and uh, then you have the black community who is, you know, hey, snitches, you know, yeah. <laughs> get stitches, you know, type of mentality, yeah. and so uh, people don't want to talk uh, because people don't trust, you know, and and so what we're trying to convey to people is, hey. Uh, if this was your family, you know, when, when do you, you know, you erase that line that you've drawn in the sand of, well, we don't talk to people, we don't help, we don't, you know, participate in those things. Because we have a family who is is desperately looking for, you know, closure, um, you know, to uh, what's going on. And, and so, um, you know, and, and I know personally that the police department is working hard, uh, but they run into walls, you know, because people are like, I don't want to talk about this. I, no, I'm not, I don't have nothing to do with that. You know, uh, and I don't know if it's from a fear thing or if it's just from that place of trust, that historical place that, you know, we don't trust police officers because, you know, they've never done anything good by us. Mm -hmm. Um, And and when you look at that history, uh, it's yeah, you know, it's like, okay, you you want me to you want me to snitch, but you don't want to snitch on your own people when they do stuff. You know, and, and so that that that's that, you know, mentality that that we're dealing with, that I'm dealing with. Um, you know, and every day, I mean, every day I get a call about something, whether it's someone who's been a jail in jail, uh, arrested, um, you know, just uh, recently I, I had a call from school, a school system, not even just in Sioux City, but in uh, a, one of the small towns in northwest Iowa, you know, that's that's got some racial things going on. Um, we had some things, you know, I mean, 2021. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, we're coming in 2021 hot. So, we're coming in hot. Yeah. So, so yeah. So it's you know, it, it, the fight continues. Um, you know, and and we would rather it be a, a, a an isolated incident than a whole. You know, right. uh, than it just be the norm. Uh, and so yeah, it, it's man, it, it, it's it's crazy out there. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just extremely. Um, it, it delighted by like all of the work that you you have done and i and i think that that's you know it's probably uncomfortable for you to like hear that and have to respond yeah. to it but i i really I do think it. that you've done a great job and just watch it like i said watching from afar seeing right. all the things you're getting done has been super impressive to me so i do i'm very thankful that you took the time to come on and um the one last piece that i have for you Absolutely. is 
what do you think is the most slept on thing in Sioux City? And when I say that, it's like something that you love about Sioux City, whether it's a specific place, a restaurant, something to do that you don't think enough people know about and and just even realize right. this possibility. Wow, you know that that's that's one of those questions you're like, whoa. You know what? Um, I, I'm gonna say that uh, Queen of Peace. Um, you know, um, really are Catholic. Man, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I, and I say that because uh, even in my uh, most trying times, uh, when you just got to get out of the house and just want to go somewhere, uh, I've found that place to be one of the most serene, calm places that yeah. you can go to. Um, and and you know, if you if you're just a Christian and don't adhere to the whole, you know, Mary thing, they got a thing of Jesus on one side, they yeah. got Mary on the other, they got the, you know, and and. But but just to walk the the, the, the grounds, man, it's just a, a very calming place. Um, and, and I would just encourage people, you know, when you're angry, when you're upset and you just need to get away from it all. Uh, that that's that place that I think, you know, you know, it's slept on. I mean, you yeah. know, uh, because it's so easy to go to a bar. So easy to go, you know, want to have a drink, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that'll make it worse and <laughs> make it better. But but, you know, but I, I think, you know, you um, definitely, you know, go grab you, you know, a cup of coffee. Uh, that's for your homeboy, you know, mm-hmm. the stone yeah. brew right now. Go grab you a cup of coffee uh, and, and then go up there and just just chill. You know, I mean, they got benches up there where you can just. I mean, seriously, it's calm and you see some deer running, you know, you, yep. you just get away. I mean, you know, if you're mad at your wife, you're mad at your <laughs> husband, whatever, yeah. you know, I mean, the kids getting on your nerves. You just want to get away if you can't take them to. A, but I, I, yeah, that would probably be the thing for me, um, you know, but but I love Sioux City. I do. I, I uh, my family just recently was like, man, you know, because I was complaining about, you know, it being four negative four degrees. Yeah. Feeling like negative thirty five. And uh, now they having that weather. But um, they was like, why do you still live? And I'm just like, you know, because I'm getting older and I'm like, man, my bones are, yeah. <laughs> you know, feeling this. Um, it's different but, now. But I do. I love Sioux City. I love the the food. The uh, you know, I I love the fact that you know I'm just like one day I want you know Vietnamese and go have me some pho, and the next day I can go have me a nice authentic burrito. You know, it's yeah. not it's not we don't just get you know a, a burrito or a taco. We got the real. Yeah, straight on <laughs> Mitchell Khan. Yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. And so uh, I love that. You know, I I wish we had a, a a truer you know nothing against famous days, but I wish we did have a truer barbecue, a real barbecue place. Um, it'd be nice if we had a soul food place, you know, that we could get some real authentic. Didn't we like for we like, used right? Yeah, yeah used right to. Uh, uh, they just didn't have the support that that they need that that barbecue they needed. doesn't last in Sioux City. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. It's it, you know it's, it's because it's not something that people are going to eat every day, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, but. You know, I guess with having that corporate background, Famous Days has done pretty good, and 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 it's not you know terrible you know stuff, but uh, but yeah, I, I I really I love the amenities at the city, you know, whether it be the arts center, or the museum, uh, you know, some of those things that have put into place, and and and, and you know, I, I realize that Downtown Partners is really working hard on trying to you know build their uh, you know their presence and stuff like that, and so. Uh, yeah, I, man, Sioux City is a great place, and and, and we have a city council uh, that that really, really uh, they they love diversity, and, and and they're true about trying to make sure that people get what they need. Yeah, and I, I mean just to piggyback on that, like I get a call once a week from Alex Waters right. on the city council, and that is how much he gives a shit about what goes on around here. Exactly. That he's willing to call some guy who owns this business and like see what my thoughts are on absolutely. So, and that's real. Yeah, that, that's real. I mean, Rhonda Capron, who's a past she was the same way. Uh, but you know, again, we can call Bob Scott, Dan Moore, Alex. We we can call those people, you know, and say, hey, you know, what's going on with this or that, and they they're gonna have a true candid conversation with you. So, yeah, absolutely, I love I love Sioux City. Me too. <laughs> Me too. All right. Well, until next time. Oh, this board has completely fallen apart on me. <laughs> But uh, until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, check out everything that Ike is doing. Check out what the NAACP in Sioux City is doing. And have a good one. Thank you. This board. Oh, it's just... I don't know what's going on with it. I understand. But I got backup recording, so we're good. There you but, go. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much oh, for coming awesome, in. Awesome. I really appreciate it. No, pre- I thank you, man. I, man, that was...